Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Oops All Anime. I am your regular host, one of two, six Detmar. One of two, six is confusing. I apologize. And I'm the other regular host, uh, Jennifer Uncle, also from Scanline Media. And this week, we're throwing a revolution. It's a coup. We're overthrowing the state, and we need some leadership in, in the... In the, in the you want to give Jackson. us another shot? You want to <laughs> <laughs> run no, back no. and take this again? No, I, no this, is, this is like, listen, I do editing sometimes, but I don't do editing when I screw up because uh, people people need to understand how how I am at this. Hi, Jackson. How's it going? Hi, I'm Jackson. Hello. Um, it's great. I've watched 50 episodes of Code Gears in like four days. It's great. Yeah? <laughs> That's a lot of anime in a short time. <laughs> it's they pack a lot into that. They do. It's like it's it's fifty episodes, but like fifty episodes of Code Geass. What what would be the ratio? What would be like the dog years comparison? Uh, compared to what? Dragon Ball Z. Well, I, whew, this is like five <laughs> seasons of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> you could watch oh. the entirety of Code Geass in the time it takes for like the. Uh, Oh, what's the fight that goes on forever? What, there's that one fight that goes on forever. I don't know what it is. Is it Namek? Namek takes a long time. Nodding. I believe you. I've never seen Dragon Ball. Wow, really? No. That's okay. I hadn't seen it for a long time either. I, it's, I've, you know. I've seen more clips. I know everything that happens, like in the broad strokes. Yeah. And I've seen like clips, and it's very funny and good. Uh, part of me wants to just watch Super. Um, mm-hmm. But I, the, the part where the actual show, especially Z, is a lot of... Um, just infinite long charge up sessions and fights and stuff. I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in the clip from Super where Nappa gets pu- uh, not Nappa, um, where Krillin gets punched through like seven mountains. <laughs> Honestly, you should just watch Super. Like you have enough cultural context. Like I, I have seen uh, literally one episode of Dragon Ball Z. I saw Tien use the same move over and over for 20 minutes. <laughs> and is I was he? like, I don't know who this person is or who he's using it on. And then I, that's my experience with Dragon Ball Z. Um, but cultural context, I basically know everything that happens. And so you can just watch Super, and Super's really good. Well, yeah, no. Goku wants to be the strongest. Vegeta also wants to be the strongest. They will be fighting about this for the rest of eternity. Exactly. See, you get it. I get it. Frosted tips. They make you stronger. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so both you and I are are uh, veterans. veterans of the Code Geass Wars. <laughs> Picture um, of uh, Nina and the table, and like, if you remember this, you deserve a veterans discount. I I don't know if you know this about me, Jackson. It's going to come up on the second episode we record, which yep. is just you and me talking about this show in depth. Um, a number of years ago, I wrote about three hundred thousand words of an alternate universe fanfic of Code Geass. Okay, what was it called <laughs> and what's the premise? Oh boy. Um I mean basically the it was it was called Armed Resistance. It was a long time ago. I was I was younger. Um it's still up there. You can find it if you Google it. Just Armed Resistance 6264. Um it's bad, but it's me. Um and basically the premise is like it's an AU where uh Nanali died. Yo, this, Before this the series is a, started, this is a very successful fan fiction. It is, yeah. It's it's probably I'm probably going to die, and it will be the most successful thing I've ever done, which is really depressing. <laughs> Can I read out how many words this is? Uh, yes, please. Uh, 
229... Uh, or 220... No, wait. I did that wrong. I always do that. I always say the first one is the full thousand, and I've... 229,611 words. Okay, a little shorter than I remembered, but, you know. That's like the entire Harry Potter series. No, it's not. I bet it. How long is this? <laughs> How oh. long is the Harry Potter... <laughs> <laughs> Googling will fact checking will kill podcasts. The seventh book alone no, is this probably is, this twice is that great. long. This is great. Um. Uh, okay, whoa, this is longer over a million. Than, this is longer than all but one Harry Potter books. Yes. Well, it's also better than all but one Harry Potter book. Which one is it better? Which one is better than this? I don't know. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of said that to be humble. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first word is Suzaku, because you love Suzaku. Is it really? Yep. Wow, I fucking hate Suzaku. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't even remember if I made him less shitty in my anyway. In, mm, next episode. <laughs> this episode, we're talking about the first five episodes because that is all that Jen has seen. Yeah, before this, my entire um, reference for Code Geass was. Uh, I heard the opening trumpet theme a few times used in various memes. Yeah, and uh, also I'm familiar with uh, a bit of Code Geass abridged where they do classic jokes like, "I'm bu- why are you buying clothes at the soup store? And I got kicked out of an airport because I said bomb too many times. Um, he never goes to the soup store in the show, so that's, that's literally just a lot of those abridged stories are just made up nonsense. Invented yeah. comedy. Found comedy, one might say. Some would say written and created just regular ass comedy. Normal <laughs> YouTube stuff. Yeah. I'm at the uh, soup store. Same. Hard same. Oh. So. So. Sorry, I have to stop reading your fanfiction. <laughs> oh god, you're still reading it? Well, no, I'm reading your introduction, which is far more embarrassing than the actual fanfiction. <laughs> it's been so long, oh no. I have not read that in like at least I haven't read any of it in at least five years. I'm very scared. My Lelouch is Wrath himself. <laughs> Jesus. Let's oh, just say that several major like decisions will be different because of that. Oh no. Oh, why do I ever tell anyone that I'm about anything I've ever made? Okay, I'll send you my Mass Effect fanfiction. Oh, that that'd be nice. We have a little exchange here. Um, so I should probably set up what this show is. Yes. Um, so, uh, Code Geass is a, I guess, I, I can't <laughs> So really, I should probably set I up what really... this show is. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to say Shonen, and I'm like, you know, it's not really a Shonen show, it's just a show. Um, All it right. is an anime. So. Yeah. Okay, Jackson, you're, you're better at things. <laughs> I'm not better at summarizing, I'm contestified <laughs> to this. Um, but Code Geass is Death Note crossed with Gundam. End description. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Yeah. Uh, we follow, uh, Lelouch, who is a, uh, exiled prince, um, who's living under a false identity. Um, he gets caught up in some terrorist activity. He's living under his and- false identity, Lelouch. <laughs> yes, it's very, it's, I, I, yeah. Wait, so yeah, that I, is a false identity? Well, his, 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 okay. His real name is Lelouch V. Britannia because he's a prince. Right. I'm actually going to try to faking. do a proper summary of the premise of the show. Uh, so Kogi is set in a world where the Britannian Empire never uh, uh, never went away because America never won its independence. Um, and 
in that time, in the, the, the 300 intervening years, uh, Britannia has been like the major world power. There are three main main powers: it's Britannia, the EU, um, and the Chinese Federation. But this is mostly about Britannia. Uh, in 2010, they take over Japan and make it a colony called Area 11, like stripping the Japanese of their name. This picks up seven years later uh, with uh, Lelouch in Japan as an exiled prince um, who hates the hates Brit- Britannia for reasons because you know he's an exiled prince and vows to destroy it this is where the show begins okay so thanks for clearing that up because i was very confused about what the contract was i assume literally is never answered until episode 22 of season two there's there's a lot like the first episode ends with like okay like this you know this girl is like okay i'm gonna give you a power the power is gonna make you not like people but you'll be powerful okay and then Luz i guess is like, we should my... stop again and summarize episode one <laughs> no i mean we can't, we can't summarize all five episodes that's too much uh but we we need to, like i gave everyone up to the start of the show we need a little bit of context for this absolute nonsense disaster <sighs> all right <laughs> Get, you bring a professional in here. They start teaching you how to run things. <laughs> I'm just saying, this show is completely incomprehensible. Otherwise, yeah, I guess I, I guess I should give people as much help as I can. So uh, Lelouch is living in exile, um, and he's just pretending to be a normal student. He gets caught up in some terrorist activity by a resistance group that is uh, made up of, of Japanese people trying to uh, throw Britannia out of Japan. Um, in in all of the chaos, he gets caught up and. Uh, finds a so they stole a uh, a capsule a, a special container from the Britannian government and it turns out to contain a girl with green hair a mysterious girl who uh gives Lelouch a special power called Gius and then she gets shot in the head and dies um, then she gets shot in the head and dies first all right yeah I got my, <laughs> I got my order of operations backward of course I did <laughs> yeah. um, but yes that's the entirety of episode one yeah, and that scene, I guess, confused me because my assumption was that the contract that she made with him was overwriting his entire identity. Like, yeah, the way that they frame it makes it seem like, okay, we're going to make you Britannian huh. using this magic and uh, put you into power in a way. No, like, I get how you see that because, like, he basically becomes a different character the second he... Um steps out of that thing um like so she gives him the power it goes to his head she's like you have to agree to my contract and he's like yes i will and by the way they just they literally just don't say the what the contract is they they don't tell you what the contract is <laughs> till like halfway like almost the end of the show can anyone have a get jen do you have a guess of what the contract might be um you have to avenge my you have to I, i'm guessing that since she was being she was being hidden by Prince Clovis that uh she wanted she wanted to return to regain something of a position within Britannia, or she wanted to help him make Britannia fall. Absolutely not. This has nothing to do with any of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, okay. Um, yeah, they just don't they just literally it's information they never give you because they they need to be like a big reveal when it when it mm-hmm. does hit. Um But no they the he gets given the Gaius, uh, or the Gaius, um, and uh, immediately is like, now that I have power, I can reveal my true identity, and like orders all the men who are like pointing guns at him to kill themselves, and they do, because he's got the superpower, uh, mm-hmm. and thus begins his quest to destroy fascism. Indeed. Yeah. 
I had no idea what I was getting into going into this, but your description at the beginning is right on the money. It's Death Note meets Gundam, because he's an instant strategist who is able to sit from... He's able to sit from inside a destroyed building and be like, okay, at this specific time, they're going to... They're going to be passing by these buildings. Shoot through the walls and you'll kill them. Um, Much like Death Note, he gets this power, uh, but his actual superpower isn't that. It's just that he happens to be the most genius strategist on planet Earth. Just Mm -hmm. like it just happens to be that. Um, Death Note's a little better at how it contextualized this is with like this is the world's most model student and that's actually a monstrous thing to be because it destroys your empathy uh, and makes you into fucking like Yagami um whereas he's just super cool and powerful because he's super cool powerful the hero of the show and he likes chess Um, well and there's like there's a bunch of stuff like um you you see a little bit of it uh actually I think it's at the end of episode six so Jen didn't quite get to this but like there's this speech that the emperor gives about like listen people aren't born equal some people are born better and Lelouch is like man that's bullshit that's why I'm fighting you and also I'm genetically superior because I'm a prince it's like, oh, okay, um, cool. He does not think he's genetically superior because he's a prince. No, the show does, though. <laughs> uh, the show just, yeah, the show just, like, treats this whole thing as, like, a spat between the royal family. Um, but, like, his whole thing is that, like, his sister can't walk and can't see and is thus, like, declared as useless and worthless by his empire's ideology, thus the empire must fall because his sister is too pure. Anything that stands against her must be wrong. Um. So yeah, that's basically where his like reasoning is, at least at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, so the the second episode is him fighting the Britannian army um with tactics, and then uh, uh Suzaku, who is his best friend, um is like uh comes out of the Lancelot and fights him. And the third episode is about just kind of regular day to day stuff as he gets used to the gears, uh, and eventually he like finds the way to um like lead this rebellion and it is to invent an identity for himself because you can't lead a a rebellion if you're a britannian prince that doesn't work so he like dubs himself zero wears a mask uh and starts the order of the black knights yeah uh the order stuff doesn't happen for another handful of episodes oh that's after the hotel Uh uh-huh yeah and uh just rewinding slightly a bit I wasn't expecting Prince Clovis to get shot in the fucking head at the beginning of episode two. Like, the way that he introduced himself made it seem like, I'm going to exact revenge on you. And I figured that it was going to be a situation where he was going to be toying with Prince Clovis. But it's like, no, I'm just going to shoot you in the head. Yep. There's a lot of that in this show. Like, there's a lot of moments where, since I'm used to Gundam, even something like, Gundam Wing isn't as hardcore as this. So there are situations where they're like, okay, there's going to be this, our, our army is just going to cleanse this entire district. And you're like, oh, okay, someone's going to stop them. But no, they cleanse almost entire the entire district in one swoop. And you're just seeing blood everywhere. It's, it's, it's intense. It is the most 2006 edgelord nonsense. Like, Britannia are just awful genociding like evil like it's the british empire <laughs> like they are that um i mean like the degree to which it is that given how the show like the show doesn't feel like it's trying to be like grim dark generally speaking mm-hmm. like it's very col- it's very colorful and has a lot of like comedy and stuff in it but like 
they really don't dwell on the fact that like like near the end of episode one, like they're looking for the like the military's looking for Lelouch and then the like they're shooting civilians and then like a baby starts crying and they shoot the baby. And it's like, wow, okay. And that there's that's just like a split second and they immediately move on. I yeah. mean, there's a whole montage of the uh the Shinjuku ghetto getting purged. That's true. That's um, true. It is definitely a bath because they send them in originally and they're like not uh they're not doing that and the thing that triggers them to kill everyone is uh c2 escaping uh from the pod mm-hmm. like clovis originally sends the army in but then the girl escapes from the pod and he's like ah fuck this is more important kill everyone we have to just contain this right now um so it's to basically build up her as like whatever her secret is is so terrible that they must commit all these war crimes to to like you know keep it hidden yeah but don't worry she she immediately dies so it's fine <laughs> Yep. And then in, and then immediately after, once uh, once episode three starts and everyone's back into the school, you have people like the school president being like talking to another girl, being like, "Hey, I was checking you out in the locker room. You look great, by the way." Yep, because it's an anime. Like they just go back to anime school, and everyone's like, "It's an anime school episode. We finished the tactics for now." Yeah. So, so what did you think of it? Like this ridiculous show. It's definitely one of those things where, like, um, you and Six have mentioned, there's a lot of total whiplash, but I'm kind of digging it. Like, this, I am, I very much enjoy Gundam Wing's whole combination of aristocratic, uh, visuals and future mech battles, and, uh, this is serving that rather well. And also, I don't know, I kind of like some of the characters, like, uh, his uh blind sister's pretty fun. <laughs> like when they initially meet when she initially meets CC and CC's kind of teasing um Lelouch about uh the contract. She's like, "Oh, you you're already getting married? Uh that's pretty fast, but good for you." <laughs> there's there's a lot of fun stuff with that and um I don't know, it seems like they're doing a pretty decent job of not making things so over the top and dark that I can't stomach it. Like, there's certain shows that I've watched for this podcast where it's like, I really don't want to watch this anymore because it's depressing me, but there's enough stuff like people, ran- like princesses randomly falling out of windows and, uh, well, not so randomly, but who jumps out of a window that high? But, yeah. <laughs> they didn't think about that. It just had to have the princess <laughs> land uh, in Suzaki's lap. That's what how that had to go. I mean, you want ridiculous acrobatics. You get some stuff later on. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely settling into, into that Gundam rhythm of you're getting a bit more humanization of Britannia with uh, that one guy that he temporarily hypnotized to let um, Suzaku go free ends up get, being turned on in the in outskirts. And you kind of see Suzaku and this... Suzaku joined by these two scientists, one of which Lloyd is the most camp person ever, and I kind of love him for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you're getting a bit of humanization on their side too, even though they're colonialist uh, monsters. But that seems to be that seems to be presented more as the system itself than every single individual in Britannia. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it. so the thing that Kageyasu does that I, like, really liked as a teen uh, is that it is very just, here's two sides of a conflict fighting, and it, because, so it, it like, it has politics, um, because, you know, it's a show about this stuff, but it's not like Gundam where uh, it's, you know, serious and actually super well thought through, and it's kind of there, so they can just have their, like, cartoonish characters, and you can watch it all uh, go down. Uh, so it, like, ends up being lighter stakes than a show about any of these, um, like, any of these, this subject matter should actually be, because it's too anime to really commit to going, like, hard on them, which ends up mm-hmm. making it more watchable, because it, um, it's just, just anime junk food, like, it's anime junk food with, uh, baby's first mech politics, like, a guy will say, if we all become one consciousness, we can erase conflict, and I go, yes, that's, I've, I've watched an anime before, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, like, it, you, it hits all the beats, it does all the stuff. Uh, the things I like is that the mech tactics are very cool. I'm, like, most of the battles are people just standing around in control rooms looking at dots on a screen. I am all about that in anything. Hell yeah. Um, someone going, oh, move to over this side, and then we can take the flank, and I'm like, yes, this is... This is what I'm here to watch. <laughs> it's it's really dumb, but I really like I'm really just completely there for like a dude sitting in a mech cockpit with a chessboard on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. And uh speaking of junk food, I heard you watched a version with um an interesting advertiser all around. Oh yes. yeah, so you're watch I think you're watching the censored version, the too hot for Crunchyroll version. <sighs> Wait, does Crunchyroll not have the Crunchyroll is censored. Crunchyroll is is the radio edit of Code Geass. Oh, this is how I watched it originally. I think it's something about the DVD licensing that the, they took out all the logos. Um, and by all the logos, I mean the one logo, the only logo, the logo that matters, Pizza Hut. Uh, who is everywhere, <laughs> literally everywhere in this show about, you know, genocide. There's so much Pizza Hut. <laughs> in, like, episode eight, there's a um, conversation between C2 um, and and Luch, and C2's like, you're a coward. Like, you thought this was going to be easy and that you could do all this, um and like you were like prepared to accept the consequences but in an other people can die sense you weren't actually ready to get your hands dirty uh and the loot doesn't know how to deal with this and it's like a big like actual character development moment for the show all that is happening in the scene is she is like taping down her stickers to her redeem like redemption um sheet so she can redeem a massive uh like a plush toy called cheese coon um <laughs> <laughs> and then half the scenes of the show she sits around holding cheese key and just like a teddy bear <laughs> episode episode six has like there's like there the the whole scene like where she, uh, so she orders delivery the delivery guy shows up so like oh thank you for being such a loyal customer and then like brings it up to the room and then natalie goes by and goes Mm-mm, smells like pizza like, what's <laughs> happening what is happening uh, so it's like anime asa cards that's great uh it's it's probably clumsier than House of Cards. House of Cards, it's like it's no. like a very quick hit. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is on the level with House of Cards. I just mean the advertising part, generally speaking. Oh, I'm no, because no, at no point does Lelouch sit down and go, "I love the PS Vita." Like literally, <laughs> never happens. No, no product placement can ever be as good 
as him sitting down and being like, oh, have you got a Vita there? Like, it's incredible. Like, it's fucking <laughs> the most bananas thing that's ever happened on television. I can't believe Netflix still exists. I mean, on the other hand, Jackson. Yes. There is a season three coming. There's still time. <laughs> no, because the Vita's time has passed. <laughs> or has it? <laughs> I see you've got a Vita 2 there. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That's how they announce it. Oh, I would be... <laughs> I would I would die. Look, there's, um, a, there's a fucking OVA where Lelouch does a battle with fake news. Like... Oh, dear. So, you know... Do you really want yeah. modern Code Geass? You do not. <laughs> but I'm getting it anyway, you so are. I might as well wish it's the worst. <laughs> um, speaking of the worst and politics... Let's talk about Suzaku, shall we? Oh. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's start. What's your impression of Suzaku, uh, Jen? How do you, how do you feel about, about the bright-eyed boy? I feel like he's pretty naive and ignorant at this point. Like, uh, they're clearly oh. setting the clear dico- the clear clash that's going on right now is, uh, Lelouch, who came from the background of Britannia, but wants to see it crumble, while Suzaku, a Japanese Area 11 um, resident, wants nothing more than to be a honorary citizen of Britannia. And uh, you definitely get this. It's already coming to pass in Episode 5 that um, you're already seeing that clash, because the other um, Japanese people that are at this memorial hate his guts and um when he's breaking up a fight between them and Britannians, uh the um people from Area Eleven storm off while the Britannians are like, Oh, they broke my camera. You could have come here sooner. You call yourself an honorary citizen and you even though um the undercover princess fucking decks them for saying that, uh you get the impression that he's starting to I guess they've, he's already come face-to-face with that before. He's already been multiple times treated like less than dirt, but somehow he he's compartmentalizing it and going, you know what, I'm still going to fight for Britannia because Britannia's awesome, and um, I want to be... I want to be equals with them. Um, I don't think that's... Okay, so, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what have they revealed by episode um, five to talk about Suzaki's deal? Um, I mean, like, so what they basically, what what we know of Suzaku at this point is that he is, yeah, he's the, he's the uh, son of the former prime minister of Japan, and he has uh, sort of renounced his family in order to uh, change the fascists from within, which always works. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Suzaku's hotel is like, uh, you are murdering people, Zero. I will become like an exemplary ideal uh, of a citizen and thus gain enough power from inside the system to change this, the system. I will be such a model minority that... <laughs> but, and Suzaku's like not... He doesn't think that fascism is good. Like he's not. He doesn't actually like Britannia as the thing. He hates Britannia. Um, but he thinks that by gaining enough power within Britannia, he can uh, affect change without... Uh, like killing people and he's an idiot at this point he's just an absolute idiot moron uh eventually they give him some actual character development um that i think justifies this in good ways uh, i think when the show shifts away from its politics as like an ideological thing because uh, it's not smart enough to be able to pull it off and m- brings it more to like a character-based uh 
like um rivals type situation foil type situation it works much better um like later on suzaku's differences are less like i believe in the system and blah 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 uh and more like this has happened to me in my life so my worldview has been shaped by these tragedies where your worldview has been shaped by these tragedies um and I think the, the, the like grand melodrama of anime nonsense works so much better when there's like actual character stuff rather than people yelling out, you know, the bullshit about respectability politics. No one likes respectability politics as much as Suzaku. Yeah, and it's king of it's the al- cops. <laughs> <laughs> it's also comp- it also gets more complicated when you. I feel like I, I need to learn more about the laboratory people he's hanging out with before I figure out exactly what everyone's deal is, because I'm very confused by where they stand at the moment. Like, they seem to be like a secret organization that was working with Prince Clovis, but after he dies, they still seem to have some sort of authority, because they roll up to Suzaku and be like, well, guess since we're both still standing, you're still working for me. And, uh... I mean, mean, so, uh, the way this isn't like a spoiler because this isn't like a reveal uh but their deal is that they are like an independent uh science division within the britannian army because uh lloyd has a bunch of like aristocratic power so basically he's just a guy with a mech who is on their side but um it is up to whatever military commander is in charge at the time to like give them the authority to act uh, he basically doesn't give a fuck about anything but science. Yeah, he's Otacon, but without moralities, and he somehow is better than Otacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting the impression that at some point we're going to find out that he's super duper fucking evil, but uh, at this point in time, I'm kind of like, I'm going to enjoy him being this way while it lasts. Do because... you think it is super duper fucking evil to be a guy who is like completely apolitically into science, uh, but in the context of a fascist empire? Like, yes, he is. Like, that is that is one of the most evil things you can be. Uh, yeah. But the show's not really about that. He's just kind of like there. Yeah, he, he talks to... He, he often refers exclusively to Suzaku as his subject or his tool. So, yeah. <laughs> he's... Yeah, he's just science man. Yeah. He's camp science man. Um, I I like both. I like his voice in both the sub and the dub, which is rare. But uh, mm-hmm. he he does much better than um, Johnny Young Bosch. He plays Lelouch. Um, yeah, Lelouch is not very good in the dub. Yeah, play coinc- This is the second show in a row wh- that uh, I've watched where the dub the dub's protagonist is voiced by Danganronpa protagonist. So that's pretty weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have any? So we have a few other members of the of the royal family uh, who we can give quick opinions on. I guess we have at this point. Um, we have Clovis, we have uh, Euphemia, and we have Cornelia that we've met. Um. Oh yeah, Euphie, the one that jumped out of the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she seems like she's going to be the one that. Uh, she seems like she's going to be the one that eventually turns to the resistance side and fights against uh, Britannia. The way that she's positioned with her older sister being the one that's super into Britannian militarism. And uh, even there's there's one point at the end of episode five where um, Yuffie's sister pulls a gun on someone <laughs> um, in the middle of a briefing and Yuffie's clearly shocked and i don't like this at all so definitely see her eventually siding with zero and uh she does seem like she's a bit i like that she 
she chooses when to deploy her powers, and it's usually at this point for the good of people. Mm-hmm. Gosh, there's so much. There's so much royal family content to come. Yeah, that like it's really, I, we like... can barely say anything because like my entire <laughs> impression of the show uh, is mostly defined by uh, like season two. And then even before that, most of the stuff is defined by the back half of season one. Like, it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Know. There's a bunch more family members we're going to meet, and there's a bunch more of things that existing family members are going to... There are things they're going to do. Uh, yes, there boy. are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else that stands out that I should mention. Um, hmm. What did everyone think of Callum? The like act the other main character, the third like most important character in the show. We have not is, mentioned Callan once. Is that the one no. that's hanging out with him when he's gambling? No, no, no he doesn't. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's the most important character in the show? Oh, it's fucking Rivals. Like no one cares about Rivals. He's just the, not, like the idiot best friend who gets ditched the second the plot starts. No, Callan is the pink-haired uh, terrorist member who also happens to go to their school. Oh, her. Okay, yeah. Uh, her name is Callan Kazuki or Callan Statfield because she is. Uh, half Britannian, half Japanese, but she has chosen her Japanese side uh, in like her identity, uh, and thus is like committed to this rebellion. Yeah, I don't. I like her as a character. I don't know how to. I don't know what to think of the whole disguising myself as an invalid thing, and I don't entirely know where they're going with that because, yeah, that whole thing makes me uncomfortable, and I'm not sure entirely what their what her disguise is, more or less. But, it's uh, not really a disguise. It's just it's yeah. Like, it's, it's like it's, the loot. It's just I am. I have going to act a part in public so that no one knows who I like where my allegiances are. Right. She's just going to theatrically cough every now and then to explain why she's not at school very often. That's really it. Oh, so she's 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 just permanently sick in her cover story. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's yeah. Yeah. It's she's no a frail noble girl. I don't want yeah. to, everyone to think I'm in a robot. Like, there's no, there's no. The show's not about that. It doesn't actually go that far with any of that stuff. So you're fine. It'd be, it's fine. Yeah, it felt like her appearance completely changed from episodes one and two to back at school. Like even her face, the way that it was drawn, seemed a bit different. But um, mm-hmm. well, I think- her, her hair is completely different, and she like puts on a face. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually kind of like the way they draw her differently. I think it's a good like, it's a good dramatic detail where it's like she visually looks different whether she's in in character or being herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think make, it's kind of neat. That makes sense. Yeah, I I like how untrustworthy she is of uh, Zira and Lelouch. I like how she was this close to stabbing him before he managed that phone call in a very... I, I guess I should also mention while we're doing this, since it's coming up in this context, the eye tool is very, like you mentioned, Death Note in usage to the point where he can schedule things to happen at specific times or to go on for a specific amount of time. So he, he managed to, at the moment that she pulls a knife on him, a phone call comes with a voice that the maid is doing using a tape recorder. So it sounds like, so it sounds like the voice that was coming out of her radio on episode two, essentially. And, uh, yeah, I kind of like how she's a she's a wild card in the situation, and uh, 
she could just as well end up killing Lelouch because if she doesn't know that he knows all this stuff, he could implicate himself later and she could potentially kill him then. So there's that interesting tension there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thing uh, the you mentioned like the way that this show is just Death Note, I think is one of the kind of weaker aspects of the show because um, uh, in Death Note, right, you get the note uh, and it has like 12 rules. Like there are immediately a bunch of rules which only exist to provide context for the like drama of the show, right? Like, all these rules have to be true, not because like they matter or because they're important, but because arbitrarily these are the boundaries of the story, and this is like the way we will build clues and stuff. Uh, Lilith's Gaius is just straight up too powerful, but and the weakness they build in just makes him look like an idiot. Because <laughs> um, his Gaius can basically do any anything. If he looks you in the eye and you receive his Gaius as he orders a command, um, you will like automatically have to follow this. But this can be literally any command, and it only works once. He only gets one on a person, which would be fine, except the command could be follow three commands, and then he would get three on the person. <laughs> so so anytime he doesn't go to someone and uh, follow everything I say, he's being a moron. Um and partially, like, this is because, like, this is an excuse at the start by him, like, not really knowing, um, what the power is or what his limits are. Uh, and also, using a guess is extremely evil. You shouldn't, like, impose your will on people. That's gross. Um, so, like, these things are acknowledged. But yeah, it just, it, it just ends up being too wishy-washy to actually have, like, the weird collapsing of rules be the, like, as interesting as you would want it to be because you would think that like oh i've used my guess on that person but not that person and that's why i have to do this and blah 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 like, basically being definite light would be fun mm-hmm. but it just doesn't it, it doesn't have enough to like compete with definite literally having 16 rules immediately and it all bouncing each other with each other with like for 37 episodes it can't compete with that yeah so he's got the wish for more wishes element basically and then also later in the show uh, events conspire that there's kind of a reset of Gius on some people in a way that's... So you can use it again? Uh... Yes, but they don't do anything with this! This happens to one character and never again! <sighs> it's... it's... yeah, it's... they don't handle it well. They, in- they introduce... okay, uh, they introduce a character who has the ability to cancel someone's Gius, um, which happens for very dramatic purposes at once, um... And then it never happens again, even though that character with that power is standing next to people who this would be very helpful to like perform on. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and he still has the power, because he does it again later in like a dramatic moment. <laughs> is that the only limitation for this power? Like, the yes. use once thing? Well, and also, once. it has to be a thing that the person can do. Like, he uses it on Clovis and is like, like, tell me more about who killed my mother. And he's like, I think these people know. That's all I fucking know. <laughs> yeah, he can't like convince, like make things happen out of nothing. Um, it has to be a possible thing, and it also needs direct eye contact. But those are the only mm-hmm. three stipulations. And it's well, just, yeah, eye contact. He can use mirrors. Yes, he can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. Yeah, he did mention that in episode like four or five, where he mentioned like. Oh yeah, I found out it works in Reflections too. Don't worry, it'll never come up. Definitely not. <laughs> and he just has this woman making marks on the brick outside, like, oh, I'm testing how long this can be- work, so I'm having her do this every day. And it's like, oh, that's 
that's kind of fucked up, dude. <laughs> but it's yeah, only it's... really fucked up. Like, in terms of the ways he used his gifts, it's not that fucked up, but it really extremely is when she leaves school. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I have... I, I would be interested in a in a potential version of this character who just does the worst thing possible and controls the entire school at all times. You're interested in the kinky version of it, is what you're saying. Jennifer Uncle, I know you. <laughs> I know your Twitter account. <laughs> uh, call out on my own podcast, huh? No one is allowed to use gears for sex. I'm calling it right now. Not allowed. Banning Not allowed. this. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Yeah. Um, uh, I will. I will establish. Uh, my fanfic is close to three hundred thousand words, and I had not realized I was ace. But don't worry, that's not a factor. Well, yeah, no one can be as fucks. Nope. <laughs> like Lelouch is too like committed to justice. He doesn't know what sex is. Um, actually, that's not true. Uh, but uh, Suzaku, ah, oh, is obviously straight. I'm going down the list. Um, Cece just loves pizza. Yeah, Cece just loves pizza. Wait, no, you're wrong. What? Nina fucks a table. Well, yes, Nina fucks a table. So, obviously, there's... I mean, there's fucking in the show. Okay, so... We don't talk about that. We don't talk about (laughs) Nina fucking a table. We try really hard not to mention that one time Nina fucks a table. So... I know everyone said no spoilers here, but I have to know what the table thing is. It's nothing! <laughs> so, essentially, uh, in a couple episodes, she is in a situation where another character saves her life. Um, and later on in the show, her, like, infatuation for this character is, like, very dramatically uh, important as, like, the stakes raise in the, like, in the world. Uh, and, like, it's literally all she cares about. The war can go to hell. This is the one person she will fight for. Um, and the way they foreshadow this, even though they don't need to, because it's clear from all the other things, is to have her looking at a picture of this person and, like, essentially, you know, masturbating. But the way they animate that is, like, rubbing against a table because no one who has worked on this show knows <laughs> what bodies are or oh, tables no. are? Question mark? <laughs> like, it's one of the worst things that's ever happened. Uh, and, like, it is literally irrelevant like it doesn't matter it's never mentioned it it, like the foreshadowing happens in other scenes so it's pointless it's just a thing that they stupidly do all the dumb fans in the show sucks oh jeez (sighs) yeah yeah no spoiling that's actually fine because yeah it's completely irrelevant to anything (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad i know now though Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a ridiculous show. I'm trying very hard not to say too much about this in this episode because uh, um, are you gonna keep going, Jeb? I think so. Yeah, um, it's it's a fun enough show, and it's the way that it moves is brisk enough. Even though there's moments where you you mention the next episode directly is just them chasing a cat around. Um, it does move briskly enough that it seems like it'd be easy for me to finish. So. I'll probably see it to the end. If you'd like, I can make predictions about where it goes. Since yeah, go uh, on. I mean, yeah, I need these predictions because we know, we know. Okay, so I'm thinking around the halfway point. There's 
He ends up taking control of a leader directly using his GS powers and um, ends up making changes to the law and rules that um, kind of start fucking everything up. And um, that gives Sasaku enough moral ground to stand against him beyond the whole Britannia stuff. And the end of it is basically Suzaku killing uh, Lelouch and making... Basically, quote-unquote, fixing Britannia by making it into something else entirely. That's fair. Uh, well, we'll just not say anything. Until next episode, when we'll say a lot. <laughs> um, I, I will note that there are maybe more episodes than you're realizing. <laughs> there's 50 episodes. Yes, there's 50 yeah, episodes. There's a lot of show left. Yeah. I'm just also aware that certain other shows that we've mentioned on this specific specific podcast have giant pivotal events that happen that more or less seem like, okay, things would be pretty much done now, right? But it keeps going. That's true. That's true. I mean, this this is broken into two seasons. It's Code Gears and then Code Gears R2. So, <laughs> wonder what happens in the middle there. That's a story waiting to be told, of course. That's a story waiting to be told, yeah. I know we've been kind of quiet. Uh, no, haven't got into the nitty-gritty of this stuff. Uh, so yeah, we will uh, we will record another episode with uh, with Jackson and I going yep. going real deep. Yeah, uh, time to talk about post World War Two Japan metaphors. <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but until then, um, this is our plug zone, uh, Jackson. Uh, you can find me at Headfuls Off. You can find the uh, podcast that I'm on. At abnormalmapping.com, we have a bunch of cool podcasts, including The Great Gundam Project. If you want to listen to weekly anime takes of me and M, it is uh, every week uh, at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh, for $1 a month subscribers. So that's like only 12 bucks for 52 episodes. So it's it's good. It's good stuff. Um, uh, if you weren't aware, folks, uh, Oops! All Anime exists because I listened to Great Gundam Project and I was like, wow, this is a good idea. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's it comes pretty highly recommended. It was a good uh, idea. And of course you you do writing on there too. You do writing some other places and uh you also um oh, just your Twitter is good. I was trying to think of I a got, better way to pitch that. I got that. posts. <laughs> I got those posts. <laughs> uh as as far as uh Jen and I, uh this is a patron only podcast, so you know our shit. Thank you for being a patron. Um and we will see you next time later you're listening to a scanline media network podcast check out our other podcasts like bottle crow reborn so here's the thing nick nobody cares <laughs> no it's not about that uh you actually convinced me shit the garnet wager uh and immediately we get yunji being like so hang on why does everyone call jinho kong and Jinho like really circuitously explains because they're making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> like it means th- it means bean, but it's all like small person and like I'm neutral game. So if you're averse to frame data, you can still play the game and it'll just sometimes take longer to figure some stuff out. Oops all anime guide in. I've known some podcasters with taste, and they're all cowards. <laughs> Let's talk about today's menu oh my God. for the Emia family. Operation Serial. Episode 4 yep. was a bit more understandable, but also, I continue to sour on these kids. I think they're dicks. <laughs> okay, that's fair.
and our patron-only podcast, Oops All Anime. And he has the blessed privilege of getting an invite. He shreds it in front of her, looks her in the eye, uh, like touches Wipes her face. a tear off of her eye. <laughs> Wipes a tear off her eye and goes, I'll kill you. Visit Scanline Media at scanlinemedia.com and our Patreon at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia.